I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. The final Wocast of the year, and it wouldn't be a Wocast, or it wouldn't be complete without my co-host G. What up? That's right. What's going on? <laughs> well, I was about to ask you what's going on. I've been um, ensconced in my living room now that we're in tier, tier four. What that basically means is it's it's just a lockdown by another name. We basically have the tier four restrictions in London, which basically means we can't travel. We have to remain at home largely and can only come out like some kind of like hibernating possum um, to do like real like basic stuff like medical um, emergencies, attending to medical issues or um, to get basic uh, necessities like food. So it's back to lockdown for us, essentially. But and is it, that's good because... It, is it huh? true that Christmas is cancelled as well? Like, Yeah. How does that work? They, well, well, the government had this idea. It was a harebrained scheme that coronavirus was going to take um, five days off. I saw that. So over Christmas, yes. over Christmas they were basically going to allow mixing between households up and down the country. It was just fucking madness. Yeah, because viruses take off for holidays, right, Mike? That's, that's what we know about viruses. Well, exactly, exactly. And um, we, we've gone from being able to mix between certain uh, households to only being able to mix in our own household. So we had originally planned to extend invitations to our extended family for them to come down. We'd host um, Christmas. That ain't happening anymore. It's just me, my missus, and my two kids. Whereas, you know, we were going to have a larger gathering. So what it's meant for a lot of people, obviously with bigger plans, grandiose plans than ours, it means a lot of people are really, really disappointed now. And for those people who've actually stocked up, bought food, bought drink, um, entertainment and whatnot. Well, they're gonna have to put most of that in the deep freeze. Yeah, that that is insane. And, and I saw that, Mike. What was your government thinking to say? Oh, we'll ease up on the restrictions during a holiday. The virus is not a human being or a business. There's no hours of operation. What the fuck? Like, I'll cut to the I'll cut to the chase. Our government is a shit yeah. show. Each and every day, week, month, they think of harebrained schemes to fuck us over and essentially what they're doing is there is a well growing disquiet um amongst the people now who are asking themselves did we really vote these people in and i say yeah you did you fuckers you had your opportunity to have change and you flopped it so don't complain now when boris is telling you christmas is cancelled i can't imagine if they did that here mike in the u.s there would probably be like shootings and riots and shit like you cannot cancel christmas in this country the streets would burn when i saw the headlines going on in your country i immediately thought of mine and was like our country would burn to a crisp if a if our president (laughs) tried to say it's cancelled don't worry about no tree stay in the house please (laughs) <laughs> the guns would come. You know out. what? I don't mind. I don't, I don't mind staying in the house because, as I. I say, I got the handle on this government a long while ago. Their hypocritical approach to all things 
that relate to human beings has been consistently shit. So it was no surprise when this actually came along. I wasn't actually, um, well, it was it, it it wasn't as though I was hit with something that I wasn't prepared for. Right. What are you prepared for, Boris? You knew. You turn. Yeah. This seems to be this seems to be the ethos of this government as well. You turn at whim. But you know yeah. something, I have got a gang of things which I can be getting on with in my house. I mean, not to not well to to start things off. I'm going to be rinsing through every single Netflix um, <laughs> thing that I have missed. And I mean, seriously, I've got every single subscription that you can think Me of, too. whether it be Amazon Prime, whether it be flipping um, Disney Plus. And there is going to be a gang of things that I'm going to be watching over the coming weeks. How about you? Oh, my God. Speaking of your government and Netflix, I have quietly been obsessed with that show, <laughs> The Crown. And I'm late to the game because I never paid your Big queen time. or king or none of those kids, those rich people, any mind. I always thought it was strange. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know anything about that. But when I started watching the show, I have become obsessed. I have so many questions. I've been Googling. It's it's insane, Mike. And then they're so fucking rich. I'm curious. They're, they're rich because we basically give them I money. Heard. We, we basically <laughs> have a prop them up for, well, centuries. When you think about it, um, I should say, uh, full disclosure, I can't fucking stand the royal family. They make me ill. And I think the cringy thing is... And the thing that makes me want to throw up is whenever I feel um, inclined to talk about the royal family, the thing that springs to mind is colonialism. They went around the world subjugating, colonizing, actually capturing land with the endorsement of the ships that sailed from the UK by the Queen. Now, when you look at the benefits and when you look at the jewels that are housed within museums, which they stole from various countries, and they're not giving back artifacts, which they plundered from various um, different um, uh, countries around the world I can't endorse that, I can't support that, yes they do bring tourism to this country and that people like the whole um, uh, romanticised view of jolly old England because of the Queen drinking tea nah, I can't stand it, but anyway I don't want to piss on your parade in terms of what what, what attracts you to the crown, but I'm intrigued what does attract you to the crown? Because I can't think of anything uh, worse <laughs> to actually get into right now. Seriously. I mean, just um, one, first and foremost, their role <laughs> with the government. Just, I think it's crazy that mm. just because of their lineage and their history with your country, that they can just have so much influence with the prime minister and that they meet once a week and that this person is just basically worshipped from, you know, like they are worshipped. It's bizarre. Like, I don't know, I'm just totally in. And it's somewhat scandalous and they have no privacy and people just worship them. It's just so strange to me. You, and, mm. and also too, like my parents used to love Princess Diana. When I was a kid, I scoffed at that. Like, who the hell is she? So now that I'm older, I'm like, what the fuck? This is a soap opera. Like, <laughs> this, this is insane. It's funny you should say that because there was a whole fury in the papers, literally like um, a few weeks back. And basically the fury was they wanted Netflix, and this was like, um, I think it was politicians, that's why politicians wanted Netflix to put a disclaimer on um, The Crown to say this is wholly fictitious. A lot of the events which are taking place here are actually scripted 
and sculpted in a way for entertainment purposes. And Netflix said, fuck no, you, we why, why shit. would they do that? Because someone like me that likes to cross-reference is Googling all these fucking scandals that I'm seeing on the Netflix crown, and they're true. Like, you went across the world cheating on your man and was on the, you know, acting all crazy with your little, with your young thing, and you're the most famous woman in the world, Prince Margaret. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like yeah. that's... Those aren't lies. That's actually like what happened in y'all history. Like mm. some of them are scandalous people and they have no privacy. Not that I feel bad for them or anything like that, but it's just weird to see just so many people so in love and romanticized and they're truly the most famous people in the world. And I'm like, what do y'all do? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of ambassadorial roles that the um, royals actually carry out because you're getting me started again. <laughs> I mean, Prince Andrew, for one, you know the whole fallout from his denial of um, having anything to do with, um, uh, what's the guy's name, Jeffrey Epstein, and the fact that, you know, he was accused, or he was accused of um, partaking in um, underage sex on um, Pedophile Island, or whatever uh. it's called. (laughs) Now, the, the fact is, that irks me, because he went on national TV and basically told people that there was no way that uh, his accuser, who um, remembers him being a sweaty man, there was no way that he could um, be accused of uh, being a sweaty man. And that certainly wasn't him because he's unable to sweat. I mean, why is he unable to sweat? He's not from, he's not from the fucking planet Earth. Like, he's not a human being. Like, what is, <laughs> they don't, he doesn't even know he what to it, say. So, you know. It, it, well, well, that's just it. He does know what to say. That and makes no sense. He said that with his chest. It wasn't enough off the cuff remarks. He backed Ooh. it. He basically, you know, furrowed down. And, and this was the line that he was pursuing that because he was unable to sweat, um, he definitely couldn't have been the man in, in question. Plus, he remembers distinctly that he was in a uh, he was in a pizza express in Woking on the on the day that this was alleged to have actually um, taken place. You see, they're above the law. Yeah. Not only that, they're steeped in that history, which I just have a lot of disdain for. But uh, as well as that, I just don't like the pomposity and and, and the pomp and ceremony. Yeah that surrounds them they, it does make my blood boil yeah. you probably guessed no, no I agree with you it, it's like we have the same problems here you know rich people get away with breaking laws and just being able to cover things up so much easier than Mike they could we couldn't do none of this stuff we'd be under the jail so it's you know it, it's just pisses people off and and not to mention as far as that island with Epstein even if your name is on that ledger or if you've been there you've either engaged Mm. in that activity or you knew about it which makes you just guilty from the people that work from the people that work there to the people that went there maybe just to have a meeting and although they didn't engage in the activity you knew what was going on it makes you just as guilty so it doesn't matter to me if the allegations you know allegedly Prince Andrew did this and that he was there so you knew what was going on that was wrong and, and and that applies exactly. to all of them, Bill Clinton, everybody. It's just a, it's just mm. a shame that people of such stature and wealth can get away with things like that. It's disgusting. Man. As we've uh, put the world to rights now, I think it's only only, only just that we we turn we our talk about to MMA, we, right? We talk about yeah. This is an MMA show, not politics uh, and world views and affairs. Um, you know what? I know we usually, week in, week out, you know, we adjust ourselves to the, the big picture and the, the big hitter on, on the, the planet. 
by way of like mixed martial arts. But I just want to say a massive shout out to KSW who put on an event um, over the past weekend. And essentially, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because Phil DeFries, who is the reigning and defending heavyweight champion, has now defended his title four times and uh, successfully saw off uh, Michelle Kita. Um, I think it was a round well he was a TKO sorry he executed TKO in round two Mm. and it's good to see Phil DeFries on the up because for a while you know Phil DeFries does have some like mental anguish in terms of he um, he actually lives with anxiety and anxiety not that I've I've got any um, insider knowledge but from what I know and from what he's told me it is crippling to a, le- a level where you can't leave your house. You can't actually engage in any conversation. You can't actually, you know, it, you can't function. And to be the reigning and defending KSW champion with that spectre hanging over you, you're living with that. You're actually, you know, bringing that to the um, the cage every single time that you do battle. I think that's nothing short of phenomenal. Oh, and he's open about this? Like he discusses his... Uh... Massively, oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. That's always dope because people then can connect and share and, and, and see his triumphs and, and be able to connect. I like that. That's dope. I think, I think it also humanizes yes. Um, yes. fighters yeah. as well because, you know, to, to a certain extent, I know I'm guilty of this sometimes. You put them up on a pedestal. So when they either let you down or, you know, you discover that they are more human than you give them credit for, it, it, it does like, um, well... It makes them more real. It makes them more human, as it yes. were. And, um, you know, in this particular case, Phil DeFries' anxiety, I know, is a, is a massive thing with him. And um, Aaron, Aaron Chalmers. Yes. Aaron Chalmers um, fought through um, anxiety to actually do quite well, initially, anyway, in um, Bellator. So it was good, like I say, to see Phil DeFries flying the flag, flag for um, UK MMA. Nice, nice. Over the past weekend. But we're going to get into the meat of MMA as uh, the UFC pitched up its tent for the last time this year. It's all fight night. Uh, Thompson versus Neil take place. And um, in the time-honored fashion, I think it's only right that we start off with the prelims and what we're bringing to the table that actually, uh, well, what floats your boat from this card. Mm. So uh, you go first. I think it's only right that ladies go first. Well, so I'll start with Sahara Hubanks and Penny Kincaid. And, you know, I thought Sarge had a good first round and was somewhat dominant. You mean Kianzad, right? Kianzad. Okay, thank you for correcting me. Kianzad. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. It is. We both butcher names. But I know that one particularly because I followed her on the European circuit. But anyway, sorry. So, Penny Kianzad. So, I'll go with Penny. Kianza, I'll go yeah. with Panny because I'm the worst. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought Sarge had a good first round. I thought she was dominant in the first round. She did what she had to do. She also, what I liked um, in the first round with Sarge was that she was hitting these um, takedowns and the timing was precise. And it was just, and, and not only just the timing of the takedown physically, but it was just like as soon as they started to exchange, it's like, I bet we go down to the ground. And then when they went to the ground, mm. Mike, she controlled her. So I was like, damn, you know, she's having a good first round. Then what I love so much about MMA, I love when a fighter has to make mid 
fighting octagon changes. So Panny had to switch things up real quick, and guess what she did? She was like, I'm going to box with Sahara Hearbanks, and I'm going to drain her gas tank. And she stayed in her face, pressured her for the next two rounds, and just boxed her up. And it forced Sahara to, you know, to use her cardio, you know what I mean? And then come down, and the gas tank started to deplete. It was hilarious. And then, Mike... She bit down on her mouthpiece and tried to just kind of fight her off. And Panny, yeah, she tried to power through, and Panny was able to mm. get the win. Now, this fight wasn't the most exciting fight on the card, Mike, and I can't say that I liked watching it, but Panny did a good job with those mid-fight uh, adjustments. And I think they need to kind of work on Sahara's cardio because I think we've seen this before. She kind of just the gas tank depletes as the fight goes on. So perhaps that's maybe something they're working on, but they already know. So... But decent fight, not the most exciting. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. And I have to say, that was like the color of the actual prelims from where I sat. It was ugly. <laughs> it was uh, uninteresting. And I really did uh, struggle to keep awake. Now, bearing in mind that this card was actually on at an earlier time. I think it started at 9 o'clock. Yeah, it, it felt as though I was in a 3.30 haze. It felt as though I was watching this and uh, falling half asleep. It's just that the the, the action for me wasn't frenetic, wasn't uh, interesting, wasn't to a level where I thought, you know what, the, the, what, what is the intrigue here? What What is the pattern? What's going to happen? We- the entire prelims, as I say, it was kind of like, this is a very good personification of the entire prelims, yeah. apart from, uh, which I'm going to go into in, in a second, um, Johnny Flick and Cody Verdon. Yeah. That was just dope, dope, dope. Go ahead, go ahead. You see, the flying triangle set up after being battered. I mean, he was being slapped silly. Um, <laughs> he sure Johnny, was. J- Jimmy, <laughs> yeah, J- Jimmy Flick, sorry, was being battered. And um, to throw up that Hail Mary, as it were, of a flying triangle, that set up. And then <laughs> basically to, to, to snatch that style of victory, absolutely incredible, well, absolutely incredible. Phenomenal. something I want to just poke you, like, just pick at you for a second. I don't think that was a Hail Mary. I think Jimmy Flick is that good at um, submissions, yeah. at, at grappling. Mm. You know, um, he caught my eye on the Contender Series, and then I did a little bit of research on him. And this guy, Mike, he's a submission practitioner expert. This is what his bread and butter is. So when I saw him grab yeah. that leg and then do the flying triangle, I wasn't even surprised. I was just like, yup, this is what he does. Welcome to the UFC, y'all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Jimmy Flick is here. Now, Mike, I did see him get kind of thumped up <laughs> in the first round, though. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <Yeah>, like, <laughs> Cody was out wrestling him and out striking him, but I like the fact that Jimmy went to his bread and butter. He didn't try to have a kickboxing match mm. with the dude, and he did. He does what he does best, and he got the dub. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. But he definitely could work on his stand-up a little bit, but I'm happy he's here, Mike. I like this fight. <laughs> What are you going with next? Let me see. Let me see. Oh, I think we also need to talk about the fight that Kairos initially got me into. Um, Jillian Roberts versus Talia Santos. And I I agreed with um, Kairos when I was listening to the last episode of Shots Fired. I thought the Muay Thai practitioner in Talia Santos would eventually break Jillian down with some hard shots, similar to the way Mm. Macy beat up Jillian Roberts. Like in their fight, she also you know, beat her up standing, and I thought Santos was going to do the same thing. However, I had no idea that Talia was going to test the very dangerous ground game of Jillian Roberts, and I think she wanted to prove something to her, so she bullied her on the ground. 
So Talia was in complete control for most of all of the grappling exchanges. It wasn't very exciting until Jillian did threaten sometimes with an armbar. And Mike, this was the most disrespectful shit I've seen in a while. To break the armbar, all Santos did was put her knee on the girl's nose and press and put direct pressure on the woman's face so that she would break the armbar. And I hate I hate yeah. to say it, even though it was just like this really rude ass technique, it was the most exciting part of the fight because the fight was just not exciting. So I mean I enjoyed that part of the fight. I thought Santos looked good and I liked that she surprised us. I was with Kairos. So I thought she was gonna box her up, but instead she wanted to like prove something on the ground and she did just that. And, you know, Santos needs to step her game up, maybe fight Macy Barber when she gets back or Antonina Shevchenko. I'd like to see that because I think she's ready. But, Mike, these prelims were killing me, man. Like, I just... Oh, killing you. I was dead. I mean... I was buried. They they just... It just felt like no disrespect to the jiu-jitsu community, but it just felt like a no grappling gi type of like tournament or just like it was just everything was about control but not really landing anything you know there, there, advancing yeah, there was no yes there was no advancing submit you know positions and going for the arm bars except for you know of course jillian was going for it but it just was not even exciting grappling and it was just fight after fight after fight but nonetheless mike these guys are winning so, you know, another W for them. And, and tal- she did show us that she's good on the ground. So, you know, folks in her d- uh, division need to be aware. And, you know, she gets the W. So good for her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest mm-hmm. with you, this again is the color of the fights across the board. Yes. Because this, you could say, well, okay, it wasn't a carbon copy of Sajara Eubanks and... Um, and uh, who was your your, your girl there? And Jillian uh, Eubanks uh, and and Jillian Robinson. But it was in the same vein in that it's the type of fight that made me want to go and make coffee yep. and uh, wake myself up because it was sending me to sleep. But I got a little bit of entertainment, I have to say, out of Anthony Pettis and Alex um, Marino because Alex Marino wasn't going in there to lay down. No, he, he wasn't going does. in there to get stretched yep. off. Man, he was a live dog in there and... I don't know. Maybe I'm being unkind here, but yeah, there were some flashes of greatness from Anthony Pettis. I mean, it, it looked though. You you rein me in if you think I'm being a little bit out of mm-hmm. order. It looked as though it was an adequate performance, something which you know would get him that decision win. Um, and it was almost as though, well, I've had this conversation with uh, Bellator, and um, I just have to put in something which gets me through this, <laughs> and then I'll just sign with them. That's the kind of vibe he gave off. Now, th- don't get me uh-huh. wrong for a second. I know that obviously wasn't what was, what actually transpired there, but it didn't make me feel as though we were looking at, we were actually viewing the old Anthony Pettis, because... That, for me, was more risk-taking. That, for me, was more flamboyant. That, for me, was more exciting. Whereas this seemed, like, perfunctionary. I don't know. Rain me in. Tell me. Tell me You're I'm wrong. You're, like, wrong and kind of right. So here's how I'm going to reel you in. I understand what you're saying, but... Remember, this is Anthony Pettis, gatekeeper Pettis. I'm just having fun out there. He's not... He's also... He's declined somewhat, Mike. You know what I mean? Like, remember the Wonder Boy fight? He was getting beat the fuck up. And then he put Wonder Boy to sleep. He's not exactly Mm -hmm. doing the craziest shit out there. You know what I'm saying? And this fight went exactly how I thought it would go. Alex Morono comes out here... 
I don't know if he has a game plan or how he trains, but he fights like he's like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to just stay in your face, and I'm not giving up, and I'm going to break you. That's how he fights, and I expected him to come out and come straight to Anthony Pettis. But because Anthony Pettis is a vet, all he had to do was weather the storm, and he saw what happened. You know what I mean? So he came back in the last two rounds, and he started to win the better exchanges, and he he created that distance he needs to land the more significant mm. strikes. You saw that uh, wheel kick he did? That had uh, Alex on uh, yeah. Front Street? Shit. Because, you know, that's what happens when you give Anthony Pettis the range and, and, the, and the motion he needs to play. And that's what Alex did. Because I feel like he doesn't really come in there with, like, a, a game plan. So he just went with it. And I don't know. I just, to me, the fight went exactly how I thought it would go. I thought the veteran fighter was going to, you know, just take his time, whether the storm, and that's what we saw. But Anthony Pettis, you're talking about? That's I think that's long and gone. He's not as flashy as he used to be, Mike. Definitely not. He's dialed it back and he's dialed it back big time. And I thought, as I say, again, you you, you picked mm-hmm. me up and you, you dressed me down on this point. Do you think he has checked out? Do you think it was kind of like the function? Okay, you're right. Um, there were, and I mentioned it earlier, there were some flashes of the old Anthony Pettis, I- but nothing to the what we've come to expect. And it made me feel as though, you know what? I'm going to go and join my brother Sergio getting paid and getting minted and getting taken care of and not in an organization which considers me a commodity or that they're giving me an opportunity. I just think he's he's at where he's at in his career, even physically. Like, you're not seeing the flashes you want to oh, okay. see because he's been in so many fights. He's he's had this very lengthy career and he's aging. He just, he looks like a dude. He yeah. doesn't look like he's aging. He still kind of looks like the same dude I saw on the WEC. Like, physically, aesthetically, he's beautiful. Like, he's not aging like that. But I can tell that he's a little bit slower. You know, and and it took him a mm. while to kind of create that distance he needed so he could start throwing those kicks. It, you know what I mean? Like, it did yeah. take him a while to yeah. kind of get with Alex's pace and whatnot. And, you know, Anthony Pettis back in the day might have just handled him in the first round. He would have picked up on him even faster and created that distance he needed to wear him out. I just think he's aging. Mm. And he's also not vying for a title. So he's just kind of having fun at an older age. He's just not the same anymore to mm. me. But good win. I like this. And and I like his little, you know, I'm not, I don't want a um, title attitude. And Mike, he also said that he's not stressed about being cut. When they were like, oh, did you hear about the 60 cuts by Dana? He was like, yeah, I'm not worried. I'm just going to have fun. Why not? Yeah, yeah. And we've done the prelims to death now. I mean, as I say, I know we were kind of like... Scraping. I know it's horrible to say this, but I'm just going to call it as it is. I'm, I praise, especially when I get it wrong, cards where um, on paper it looks shit, well, and then well, when let, you actually experience it, ask you this then. it looks amazing. Ask you this. But this weren't that. Which, which was the very worst fight on this card for you to watch? For me, it was Duran Wynn and Antonio Arroyo. What's yours? <laughs> yes, spot on, absolutely 100%. Not only that, because I was distracted. I know this is horrible to say, but I was distracted by the size disparity. Yes, or dis- it's like a freak the, the, show. The size disparity. Yeah. Yes, yes, and that's why it kind of had me kind of like, huh? It was just What's fucking cool? what weird. And then like, 
Duran Wynn, yes, he was wrestling with him and out wrestling him. Good. I like that game plan. He did absolutely nothing with the wrestling the whole fucking fight. Mm. It drove me crazy. Yes. He even took breaks on the dude. Arroyo had no issue kind of just taking a deep breath and staying on his back. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, how many strikes did Arroyo throw? He threw like one jab or three, and then like just take off from like throwing strikes and just stand there breathing all hard. Like that, sh- that fight, <laughs> ooh, that was a bad fight, bro. Yeah, that was horrible. Worst, worst one, I think. I mean, it'd be like this sometimes, Mike. You know, sometimes we have these great cards, and some episodes we're like, well, what was the worst fight on the whole card? <laughs> I think that's what we have here. <laughs> but you know something? Am I, I again, rain me in, mm. you're good at this. Am I speaking out of turn to say, well, it delivered when it got to the uh, main events. Oh, sorry, when it got to the main yeah, card. Yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly what I, I liked yeah. what I saw. Yes, because what I liked about the first um, matchup yes. coming up thick and fast, Greg Hardy and Ma- mm. Martin Tybura, is the fact that I, I'm going to make no bones about this. And it's really, really harsh to say, but I can't get it out of my head that the UFC have an ex-wife beater actually partaking in violence, being paid to do mm. violent things. Given his past, given the fact that he bruised, he hurt, almost, you know, incapacitated a woman, threw her on and a pile of guns. And he shows no signs I, of remorse. Let's not forget, you know, none. None, like, none people whatsoever. People need to be reminded of that. How has he changed or shown us that he's changed and I don't want to hear nothing. He's, he's arrogant. He's a jerk. Go ahead, Mike. Mm. I do find it hard. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a redemption story. Having worked with you know, um, kids who've been excluded from school and these are people who've stabbed and, like, carried weapons and, you know, um, threatened to shoot people. I've worked with those kind of kids. Um, I can see redemption um, a mile off. I don't see any redemption in Greg Hardy. There's something about his aura. There's something about his makeup. There's something about his words. You know what it is? Because he hasn't apologized. He hasn't publicly said what I did was he hasn't taken accountability and for I'm it. beside yes. myself. No, no, I'm beside myself. My action. All I'm asking for you now is your forgiveness because I'm having a hard time um, as it is forgiving myself for the disgusting behavior. He, something he'd like that. Brag Give me about something. The, Nothing. He'd rather brag about the case being dropped, right? Like that that's that's yes. what his angle is and whatnot. And that he has a daughter mm. and he's moved on. And it's just like shame on you. I really hope you got the help that you needed because now you're actually the father of a woman. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of really yeah. scary. Yeah. Like you were capable of putting your hands on one and your boot print was on the back of a woman and yet you you know facilitated the birth of a, of, a, of a woman you put a woman on this planet so that's yeah. like really scary to me yeah. so to see him mm. get you know to get got in the way he did last night was just great and i just want to tap myself on the back mike because i called this but i did not call <laughs> a knockout something told me that marcin tabura was the better fighter than greg hardy i was like all he yep he, he, yes, did, god's he work. did god's work because he's not but, exciting but he's smart but you know yeah but you know, I, I was I was building up to the good things that I, I have to and I feel compelled to say about Greg Hardy. We cannot say that he did not put it no. on Tybura in, yeah, the, in yeah. the first. We cannot say that that wasn't the best performance to date. Did you I see mean, the talk five about right the adjustments from the time? 
yes to the to the to, <laughs> to, to, yeah to, to to the gut i mean really and truly he was pumping that mix oh actually. yeah the ribs and to he the body. looked as though he really yeah he has really matured the assortment of shots as well the elbows and the body shots you can tell he's definitely he's come on like shit. as yes, as a like fighter definitely boxing. but but i'm not gonna lie seeing that nice polish power finish made me jump up and I, I just was like th- <laughs> punch and I the was air. like finally go for the takedown you know what I'm saying like Mar- Marcin is mm-hmm. capable of taking people down he knows how to mix things up he's not the most exciting fighter but he's he's low key kind of smart he's just not athletic and he's not strong but he can get the W in which you can see but I was like bro hurry up get the takedown he's smoking you on the feet so and look what happened Mike yeah. one takedown is all yeah. he needed why? Because Greg Hardy has been exposed. His ground game is trash. I didn't even see him even show not one ounce of technique to get back on his feet. Nothing. He curled no, up like no. a turtle. But would you agree Go with ahead. me? Would you agree with me, though? He looked oh, phenomenal. Of course. It, I mean, take into consideration everything yep, I've no, said. No, no, no. Yep. Remember about the background. Remember about the context. But let's just adjust ourselves to what we saw last night. No, you Am I right? absolutely correct. Let me dial that back. First of all, the boxing was crisp, the ripping to the body. Where did that mm. come from? We didn't see that in any of his fights previously, and he was doing it very well. No. A- and I'd like to yes. say that his hand-eye coordination is sick, and I think it's because of his former career as a, as a football player. His hand-eye coordination, the accuracy to his punches, six right hands to someone's face while holding his, the, the left hand was nuts. Okay, but here's the issue, Mike. I, I commend him for all of that. You see his boxing improvements. But here's the issue. That asthma, that you don't have much time with him, he's going to come out like a fanatic, and later in the rounds, he's just going to fall apart, and that's what happens, man. He wanted out. He can't you breathe. Can see. Did you see the sweat? Did you see the sweat on his body? Yes, it's why he didn't reach to do anything. It's why he didn't think of any technique. He's at ATT. I'm pretty sure he's wrestling there. They didn't just be like, oh, we forgot to train wrestling. He's been in that position before. He's just not comfortable getting out of it. He, and Mike, he could not breathe. I think he gave up. He gave yeah. up. He's at ATT. Did you see first, everybody like, oh he, oh, he doesn't know how to wrestle? Yeah, I'm sure wrestling is not his mm-hmm. thing, but he's at a professional fight camp, ATT. I'm sure he's been in that position. He didn't even think to do what his muscle memory, what they're teaching him to do. He could not breathe. He was hurting, and he, and he stopped. He quit. And I, we've seen him kind of mm-hmm. quit before. Okay. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Mike? You think he quit? Oh, definitely. I mean, like I say, I I could see from the time when, you know, he was on the ground, this, it's over, it's over. Because imagine that weight on you and you have asthma and you are basically gasping for every last breath. Of course, you're going to try and like get that um, asthma pump in you as soon as you can. Well, you can't do it in the cage. What do you? The quickest way of you actually getting to that is to quit. And that's what you're right. That's what What do you think he needs to work on most, Mike? You think it's a cardio issue more or the ground game? Definitely the ground game because it looked as though as soon as he got there, well, there were no ideas, there were no mm-hmm. attempts. They were basically it, 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 he, he turtled yeah, up that, that, that. and just you know let let um, Tiberia just in, wail on him. In his mind, like, everything okay. was just to just cover his head, but there was no technique as to cover your head and then you know try to get out of that position, get up, whatever you're trained to do to get out of that position. He did not even think to do that. 
and and in my mind, I wonder if just like his cardio being so bad and his asthma issue, I wonder if it makes it even harder. For, it makes it just even easier for him to quit in that moment instead of resorting yeah. to what he's trained to do. Because I'm not buying mm. the whole like I get that his ground game sucks, but you know he he didn't he didn't show us anything, which was which was alarming. No, nothing. Yes. But mm. um, I'm not complaining. Thank you, um, Polish power. Thank you, Tyra. <laughs> you know, thank yeah. you. It was a great night because of you, sir. Polish power. Exactly. Polish power. Marlon Marias, Rob Font. What did you make of that? Man, so many things, man. This is the fight that had me like, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, mm. I didn't mm. see this coming. I love Rob Font, and I think he has really good boxing, but he's beatable. We've seen him lose before. But Marlon Marias, I consider him pretty much elite and pretty well-rounded. And yes, he has a gas tank issue, but I pretty much thought Marlon was going to be able to take Rob Font out and continue towards the title. And man, that's not what we saw, Mike. Like, Christ. Like, Marlon came out and he was fighting effectively because you saw him hit the takedown immediately as as soon as he felt Rob Font's power in his hands and started exchanging with him. I love the takedown in that moment. But Rob just basically got up, hit him with a hard jab, and and that's it. He beat him up. Like, I I didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. (laughs) I was shocked. It was pretty dominant. I mean, Rob Font put on a dominant display. And um, if if you ask me... It could have been stopped oh, a yeah, lot earlier, but stopped it was. I, 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 I obviously, you know, can get where I think it was Mark Goddard who was actually looking at the action. I could see where he was coming from. He was giving him a chance to actually, you yeah. know, get out of it, and you know he was defending his, his position. But it, it was in a in an odd position that there wasn't much he could do from where he was apart from just take punishment. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you on that because it's like from home, I'm further away, I'm thinking, in the United States and on my couch, I'm further away and I'm thinking stop the fight. But Mark was in there. What did you see, bro, that didn't make you want to stop the fight? But that's a tough job. I'm not going to jump on him too much, but I did think it should have been stopped earlier. I didn't think Marlon needed to take those unnecessary blows. But... No, see if it were Greg Hardy, I could understand. Oh, please, but, yeah. You know, Mark does have a <laughs> Mark does have a a really safe pair of hands, so it's very difficult sometimes, or I would say it's not impossible to criticize and critique Mark's um, in round or in cage activity because he he is like among yes, the elite is. when it does come to wrestling. Question for you, Mike, because I'm I'm sitting here. I was baffled mm. last night when I saw Marlon go down, and I'm sitting here stuck on stupid as well as we discuss it. What's going on with Marlon? What, I mean, it's, this is another, like, really bad loss. I mean, previously you saw the wheel kick loss yeah. that sent him flying across the cage by Corey Sanhagen. Now then he comes out here, round one, Rob Font just hands a, lands a hard jab and dra- drops him and finishes the, the, the fight. What's going on? Why is he declining, Mike? What do you think? Cardio issue? Let, let's, let, let, let's be honest. Remember... We're in the midst of a global yeah, pandemic. Yeah. What kind of training and quality of opponents and quality of um, regime do you think that these guys have? It's a miracle that they make it this far. There is no way that anybody can tell me that they're at the peak of their powers because they're getting precisely the same prep that they had before. No way. So is it any wonder? I'm just pleased that we're seeing action, but let's not you know, be, be too uh, glossy with our yeah. critique. And um, let's also call it as it is, and that is, these are fighters who are essentially um, on a depleted. Um, yeah, we don't prep. know what's going on. 
as far as the preparation no. work. And also, too, Marlon does have an issue with the gas tank. So if you're fighting during a pandemic and, you know, like you're trying mm-hmm. to avoid catching a virus and, and, and whatnot, and there's all these issues while training, how can you work on something that ultimately requires you to do more training, which is cardio? Thank you. Know? you. So I, th- yes. that definitely makes a lot of sense. And also, too, you saw what happened when Marlon started to wrestle earlier than he has in his previous fights. He 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 had to have mm. gotten tired. Maybe his arms got heavier or whatnot. Because usually he's more of a striker first. I was kind of I like to see him level change and take down Rob pretty quickly because that's what you're supposed to do if you don't care for the power or the striking exchange that you're having with your opponent. Yes, go for the takedown. Yeah. But maybe that's just not mm. something that's good for Marlon to do with those muscles and his cardio issue. Who knows. Exactly. But I, I, it's it's exactly. a shocker to see. I do consider Marlon elite. Like when he loses and then he comes back with a win, you're kind of like, I right, let's keep going for the title. This right now doesn't make me think mm. he can fight for the title right now. You know. Speaking of cardio issues, there were no cardio issues in the next matchup. Michelle Pereira and uh, Chaos Williams. I mean, talk about intimidating your opponent before actually getting to the cage that's there i mean i know it's a staple of chaos williams now but it's really hard to adjust to and it's, it's almost it always feels as though i'm seeing it for the first time yeah. you're right it's intense it is absolutely intense and the fact is he was in the longest fight that he's ever been in in the in the ufc i mean chaos williams usually uh, in there and out before the first uh, half of the fight and really and truly this was the longest that he's ever been in a fight and you know I personally feel that because of the strong finish that Pereira put on he nicked that fight I personally had it for Chaos Williams but I must admit I say this all the time and I, I feel full disclosure is in order here. I'm shit when it comes to Me judging. Too. I'm really shit when it comes to actual you, scoring. You know what I think went on? Um, I kind of saw Chaos mm. Williams landing the harder counter strikes, but it just seemed like yeah. Michelle Piera appeared to be busier and might have won the fight because of that. Do you know what I mean? Like he might have mm. put on a performance that was a bit more compelling as the judges were watching, but Chaos Williams was quietly and surely countering him hard as fuck and kind of to me. It could have went his way, but but yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I was not expecting this to be like almost like this weird chess match. I really thought this was gonna be some wild explosive nah. shit, and it wasn't. <laughs> like, nah, nah. But don't don't get me don't get me wrong. Though. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It because you know great performances from both men. You could see what they were trying they to respected do. But each other too. no, just like yeah. yourself. Yeah, I was expecting it to be. Uh, well, for first of all. Uh, uh, in close quarters but secondly I wasn't expecting this to get out of the second yeah, me round too. I, this is what I thought I thought Michelle Pierre was going to come out do some crazy fireworks you know eight cartwheels mm. two flips jump on him do, you know <laughs> do a cartwheel and Chaos is just going to lean back weather the storm and knock him out and just have some weird wild fight chasing him you know what I mean but that's not what happened instead it was yeah. like a MMA fight for real for real they were both very cautious and they respected each other and it became a chess match. And, Mike, I have a theory about Michelle Piera. I think he's a fighter that needs a crowd. I think he needs an audience. Yeah, I think performer. he's a performer. And I saw a lot of people on MMA Twitter complaining that he's no longer the fireworks that they tuned in to watch. And I'm like, 
ah, wait for the fans to come back. I think he needs the energy to come out all crazy, gas out while dancing. You know what I mean? Remember, like, when there was a crowd, he he would dance (laughs) while coming out, and then he would not have any uh, cardio for the fight. Like, he's going to probably maybe go back to doing that when he feels that energy. So I think the fireworks we didn't get to see was because of that. There's no fans, so it became a chess match. Or... Mm-hmm. Or he may have just taken out what's inefficient. I True. Mean, when you think about it, all of that saps cardio, and as we saw, you know that actually runs to his detriment. He was a very, very um, leisurely walkout, and he did one. Um, I think it was a little bit of crazy leg into a windmill. He yeah. did one windmill, and that that was it. They both took a while to get out there. I was like, can y'all hurry up? Like chaos wanted to walk all slow and be a serial <laughs> killer, and like Michelle. <laughs> Michelle yeah. was just feeling the beat wherever the music was from, maybe Brazil or whatever. But mm. I was like, come on, fellas. But not that I think like he's going to go back to fighting crazy, Mike. But I'm just saying like he might liven up a little bit more when the crowds come back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I do agree yeah. with you. This is this is the not UFC. He. he can't fight all wild. That that random Canadian guy beat him up for fighting all wild. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. So he knows better to do that, but I think he's going to turn it up a little bit when fans come back. And Chaos Williams will come mm-hmm. back. He's still got that, you know, brand that, you know, he's selling right now. He's still somewhat mysterious and hits hard. So one more win we'll be talking about yeah. him again. So no worries. Yeah, definitely. Next up, Chida Vera versus Jose, Jose Aldo. Now, what did you make of this? Man, I thought um, Jose looked good. And I think he looks good at bantamweight. And I just don't understand people that think he's washed. I even saw him doing leg kicks. I love the boxing. He was ripping the yeah. body. And then third round, what happens? Somehow the fight, you know, makes it on the ground. We see Jose Aldo doing what? Showing us that he still got it in the jiu-jitsu department. Although he didn't go for – he, he mm-hmm. wasn't doing too much, but he did enough to keep the fight on the ground. And not to be stood up by the ref, but also to win in the scrambling exchanges. Marlon couldn't get out of his grasp in the third round, and it won him the fight, too. So if you had any questions about the back-and-forth yeah. boxing, you shouldn't have. Jose outboxed him. And then when it hit the ground, Jose did what he had to do and outscrambled him. I love this veteran performance. Mm-hmm. I, he's not washed. He's back. And I, I like the way he fights. He's still good, but he's older. I can see. Yeah. I, I can see why people have been questioning whether... You know, Jose Aldo is still in, in the um, the fight because those leg kicks, they were a dominant mm-hmm. feature. And to have that kind of like removed, that was a significant part of his arsenal. But for me, it was a dominant performance yes. by Aldo. And I thought that, you know, Cheeto, don't get me wrong, was very much in the fight. But it was good to see those leg kicks back. I mean, OK, very sparing with it. But, but it was great he, to see. And it was good to see, you know, basically, we, we had some vintage yes, flashes, yes. flashes there of Aldo, not just on the feet, but on yes, the ground as I well. and I like the fact that the, legs kick, the leg kicks and the leg checking came back in this fight. Why? Because Marlon Vera kicks mm-hmm. a, a lot. I've seen, did, I forget, he knocked out somebody with a n- nasty head kick. So I think Jose came prepared yeah. for that because now he was not only, he was checking leg kicks, but giving them back. Like, you know what? I'm also a threat with leg kicks. And it totally fucked up Marlon's yeah. game. And it allowed Jose to cut the distance and to be the bully in this fight. You know, even without, if let's say the fight never went down to the ground in the third round and they kept boxing. I think Jose still might have still won a unanimous decision. He was winning on the feet as well. So I like this performance. Very veteran savvy. And 
Again, it doesn't mm. do much for Marlon to go down against Jose Aldo. He'll be back as well with another win. And I say we keep um, – I like the TJ call out. What do you think? Yes. Yep. No, I loved it. I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of like a logical mm-hmm. kind of, um, well, segue, to be honest with yeah. you. But I'm going to say this, Mike, and I'm not going to lie. If he gets this fight, if he fights TJ Dillashaw, I'm gonna mm. be fucking scared to mm. death for Aldo. It's I'm not I'm, I don't know if I can pick yeah. him confidently with TJ, but then at the same time TJ not on the juice no more. He's been you know he's been training exactly. for two years, so maybe like those yep. little setbacks can get Jose the win. Maybe he's not the same. I like this fight. We need to let's pray they book it. I like it. I see it as a dominant win. I'll tell oh. you why. A lot of people, a, a lot of people, when you think about it, a lot of, for um, Aldo. Oh, okay. Sell me on it. What, 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 what the, the reason being is every single time when um, a fighter has been out because of juice or because of steroid um, mm. abuse, they are never the same. And I heard same. this is some you know serious juice this? too. Like this ain't, this ain't a, yes. um, this is not in a shake. Industrial right. strength. This isn't a- <laughs> This isn't a supplement he put in a shake. Like, this is needle to the butt. Like, some strong stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I heard exactly mm-hmm. the same. That this is the type of thing that is only available in the in, in, in the darkest regions of Russia. <laughs> right. You have to like, really this is search this out. You needed a plane about, trip for about. this. Yeah, like, when we, when we watched <laughs> yeah. those shows not to do steroids after school, like, TJ was using the shit that we was watching on TV. Mm. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Maybe that affects his performance, and Jose Aldo can outbox him. You never know, because his boxing is sharp right now. And shout out to Jose Aldo yeah. for knowing exactly what to do when you give him the mic and say, who do you want to fight next? We need more fighters to think outside the box like that and to be vocal. Exactly. I, I wasn't thinking that yeah. matchup at all. So shout out to him for that. Nah, Why don't you I, I just like, that. ooh, I'll, I'll take that, but I'm scared. Or like, ooh. Nah, nah. I, I was, I was, he will demolish him. <laughs> You know, you put me on to, you know, the role of steroids in terms of propping up people's um, fighting ability and their psychological profile in terms of their ego. It was Jamal Hill. He basically kind of like broke it down for us. I mean, you know, um, listeners will have the opportunity to hear from Jamal Hill, who stood in for Chisanga Malata and uh, joined me, you and Kairos. That will be in uh, the midweek edition of Shots Fired. But it, it goes to show that this is a psychological prop. Not only does it give you the confidence psychologically, but it gives you the, the, the confidence that you will go in there and wreck shop because people use it as, you know, almost like their um, version of kryptonite for any fighter that comes towards them. Without that, that crotch yeah. is no longer there. That prop yeah. is no longer there. That reason that give them that superpower is no longer there. Speaking of that superpower, have you got your superpower yet? 21st December? Um... What what are we? What am I superpowering for for the December twenty? What <laughs> you should see me right now. I'm like looking. We around, spoke I'm like about this. Around the room we, like what what? We 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 spoke about this on um, shots fired. There's just l- bullshit that's going around at the moment. Uh, it's the latest uh, you know series of bullshit that on the twenty first December, all black people they're going to realize oh, their that high bitch. self because um, <laughs> the DNA is going to be re- rearranged and. Uh, you're going to be flying around and uh, busting through walls mm-hmm. and uh, because of the moon and the sun and uh, I think it's Jupiter well, aligning. through her walls and be like, well, since you <laughs> predicted this shit, what the fuck we going to do, bitch? Like, dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Speedy um, 
traveling on someone who definitely needed a superpower and that was Jeff Neal and um, <laughs> Stephen Thompson or when he faced Stephen Thompson because for me um, this was too much like a chess match I hate it when they're they're kind of like collegiate or they're not necessarily collegiate but when they're um, uh, pally pally with e- each other and uh, there's all this high-fiving and hugging stop that please <laughs> fighters if you're listening I don't like that shit points fighting as well i don't like that okay stephen thompson again we talked about this on shot fired we knew what we were getting ourselves in for he's an ex karate Mm -hmm. champ this is what he does this uh whole kind of like um i'm trying to get one up on you and um not necessarily knock you out but to show you look i'm a threat i'm a danger i'm not really into that and the belching from neil that was kind of like a feature of this fight i was like what's going on clay Yeah, it, it, who who fed you Fanta before right. your your he's your up bout? On shades, but nah, yeah, and he's up on the hugging and the slaps <laughs> on the back. Not 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 a fan, not a fan at all. But yeah, Stephen Thompson, Stephen Thompson, Stephen Stephen Thompson, Stephen Thompson, Stephen Thompson a win. I wasn't feeling. It. Oh damn, mate! Tell me how you really feel. Um, <laughs> you know this. I predicted again. I'm gonna pat myself on the back. I predicted exactly everything mm. that we saw last night. I just had a feeling that Jeff Neal was not going to be able to figure out Stephen Thompson. And, you know, there's just a certain level type, there's a certain type of fighter that kind of hits a wall with him. And I thought Jeff Neal was that type of fighter. And we saw that with yeah. Vincent Luque. Luque was beating up Mike Perry. He beats up everybody you put in front of him. Jeff Neal is the same type of fighter. You give him somebody, he mm-hmm. fucks them up, he knocks them out. But you have to figure Stephen Thompson out. And he's very fast. And if you don't have the footwork, which is what we saw with Jeff Neal, he did not have the footwork to cut this man off. He nah. chased him all goddamn fight. And when he did get in range <laughs> with him, he did land some hard shots. You did see, like, Stephen Thompson did have some injuries and whatnot. There was a headbutt. But Jeff Neal, he did land, like, a hard one-two on occasion, if you can remember. <laughs> But he just did not mm-hmm. have the footwork and the speed for him. And I really think Jeff Neal thought he was going to be able to figure that out and really realize I'm just not fast enough. And it is a clinic. He, he's got he's got distracting rhythm as What'd well. What did you say? Stephen Thompson's got distracting. Stephen Thompson's got distracting rhythm as well. I mean, the yes. side to side and back and forth. That's really, yeah. really distracting. That throws off anybody's timing. But that that whole kind of like points fighting are you into that no. are you into the oh almost had your no, head there not at, not at all um i do see the beauty in stephen thompson's fighting i love the herky-jerky movement i love the karate style stance i love the sneaky <clears throat> head kicks but i do wish sometimes he would plant his feet and just go for it and just like yeah if you're landing that frequently on him can you at least just settle down and just kind of nail him you know, like you just when I watch him fight, that yeah, would be when nice. I watch him fight, a lot of times I'm just like, if, if if you could just, if you could just plant down and just put everything you got into something that's so accurate, the way that you're just slapping you everybody with your toes, you know, like ooh. But I mean, it's still a marvel to look at, and it was a clinic, whether you liked it or not. It was a fucking clinic. Jeff Neal was running around a whole fight and getting his face lit up. So you know, yeah. I get you don't like that he doesn't have that killer killer instinct, but it's still so beautiful. Nah, I don't know. I didn't like his call out. And it, Masvidal again. 
that? <laughs> he wants to see that. Right. I was so blown. I was like, now this is what you don't do when they give you the mic and, and do a call out. Mm. Because I think it's interesting, Mike. Stephen Thompson, this whole storyline with him was, um, I'm a gatekeeper, but I'm the gatekeeper you're not getting past because I still want a title shot. So I was a bit confused yeah. when he called out somebody he already beat, but you want a title shot. Are you a gatekeeper or do you want a title shot? Why not call out the winner of Shamaya versus um, Leon Edwards? You're in the media complaining about Shamaya, you know, getting the push that most most fighters don't get, and then Leon Edwards. Some people will say that you ducked him. Why not call him out, you know, or call out the guy you've been complaining about? Instead, he calls it out Masvidal. No man, come on! You fight for a title or what, Stephen? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we again. This is this kind of like reflecting what we discussed on on shots fired. But that was my whole issue with um, Chisanga when he was bringing Stephen Thompson to the table in terms of someone who should be advancing towards um, title contendership. It just doesn't seem as though his heart's in it. Yeah. You don't like go down the pecking order to Jeff Neal and say, yeah, I'll take that yeah. one if you want to get into title contention. He, he just beat up like a top prospect in that division. You know, that means you go up some more. Do you you know what I mean? Like he should be calling out the winner yeah. of Shemayev versus Leon Edwards, not the person you. that you think you can beat again. And also just because Masvidal mm. is popular. You know, like Masvidal does sell, and I get that angle. Like, he probably also wants money. Masvidal now, you know, like, he's popular. I get it, Steven. And you also mm. want to win and see if you can get a title shot by beating Masvidal. But no, that's not. Start putting your name in the mix with Shemaev and really go out there and get that title. But easier said, easier exactly. said than done, I don't fight. <laughs> so, you know, it's easy for me to talk shit. <laughs> You know, just before we wrap up, this being the last episode of the year 2020, man, are we glad to see that this year uh, behind us. I just want to ask you a question um, just before we go. In terms of takeaways for 2020, what was the one thing that you took away from 2020, either that amazed you, made you say, whoa, or you'd love for them to change in 2021 it, it, what was the kind of like if anything a bugbear for you that made you think you know what you guys need to sort this out um i would definitely definitely say just like uh covid19 protocols like uh i would All just right. be what what blows me away most about 2020 is the fact that these fights are falling through for all these uh positive yeah. tests and, and then also Cody Garbrandt being a long hauler it's it, um, Khabib, yeah. Yeah, like Khabib's father died of COVID like it's just like this is yeah. huge on the world the sport that we love and even the people that we um, mm. you know watch fighting so I would I would say I'd love to see some COVID protocols tighten up which I'm happy to report I mean better late than never but I did see in the media that you know they are kind of confining the fighters a bit more in um at the at the apex, so yeah, I saw them yeah. release a statement saying they you know they have tighter protocols, which is you know I saw a lot of people complaining like you guys haven't been doing that. Okay, yes, I get it, but they're they're doing it now. Let's hope that it helps with these cancellations and keeping people safe. You know, so I guess mm -hmm. you know something mm -hmm. like that. What about you? Okay, 
You know the whole um, spectacular KO that Joaquin Buckley <laughs> actually executed against Impa Kasanganai? It really underlines the fact that fighter pay, it really does need sorting out. This is a guy who basically in terms of uh, social media impressions, in terms of people viewing their media, ran into the millions, not only on Instagram, but on Facebook and on Twitter. But yet, my guy's still working at the equivalent of Best Buy. Now, where is the justice? That is just wild. When you consider what he has generated in terms of social media click-throughs, in terms of social media interest, PR, publicity, just off Kanye that one West. act. But yet he's still working in you know the, the equivalent of Best Buy. Definitely fire paid needs addressing. Definitely fighters need to have some kind of um, louder voice that does make their um, or give them equity in things where you know they are actually putting an effort there. And I'm not just talking about you know um, bonuses because. I think it was Trent Rinesmith that was talking about the fact you almost just like a a, a glorified stripper with yeah, someone throwing yeah. money at you where, you know, the bonus is concerned. But, but, you know, these are guys who actually are creating and upholding uh, a significant part of the bargain in terms of the brand. But yet they're not recompensed in the oh, way yeah. that kind of recognizes their efforts and i i struggle with that recognizing their own organization mike too it's not just the fighters pay is bad let's also discuss the favoritism Mm. i i I don't i don't know if this is true or not but this morning i was seeing some tweets and you know nobody hold me to it but i i think someone was saying that greg hardy might have got paid more than figueredo or whatnot like greg hardy gets paid you know considerably more than other contender series folks and other people and i get that he's a draw but when you compare his salary to someone that is a bit more of a martial artist and a champion, that seems to me like, mm. you know, it's flawed and it's favoritism, you know? So, like, not only are they underpaid, but it's just like you got to get in good with the company or whatnot, you know, or with Dana. Yeah. And that in itself is a tragedy, you know? It's not even, there's like, there's not even. They're not even fair within their own shitty system. You understand? Like, they're underpaid, and then mm, on top mm. of it, you have to deal with, you know, preferential treatment or whatnot. And that's what and that's what um, Stephen Thompson has recently been complaining about with Shamaya, which is why I was kind of surprised they didn't yeah. call him out. I was like, you built the storyline, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's another story. He doesn't want that smoke. Yeah, I think he's too much of a mystery man. That's why I... I I know that Leon was strong-armed into this fight, but I'm glad he kind of took it, like, even though he's going to be technically the, the sacrifice to him or, you know, like the, he's the, you know, he's the experiment. But he stepped up to the plate, so we yeah. shall see. But, Mike, is that fight really going to happen? Is it, is it, was it rescheduled or not? Yeah, definitely rescheduled. Um, Dana, if you could be believed, said in a recent interview that that's taking place in January. They have rescheduled it. They've just not released the date. But yeah, I can't wait for that. I mean, past weekend just gone, we were supposed to have seen that as the headliner. And um, I can't wait for 2021 to get here quick enough. Speaking of which, this being the last episode of 2020, thank you again, G, for joining me on this journey, not only here on the Wokecast, but also it at Shots Fired, and keep on being you in 2021. Just keep <laughs> on being you. And uh, I really hope that you enjoy 
with our festive season and um, catch you in the new year and our wonderful yes, listeners sir, too. And you will be missed during our little break, Mike, and also be safe on MMA Twitter. You know, we, we go to war and back when we don't get our UFC fights and we are not having, <laughs> we are not having another fight until Saturday, January 16th. So Mike, I need you to be safe. Out wow. There. Okay. Don't go to Twitter jail. Don't oh, get definitely. suspended. Don't get to no fights. Don't defend my honor. Just lay low until the next fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I might have to put on the Kevlar vest because there's no chance of me actually laying low. But um, we we shall see what we we, we shall see in the coming weeks. Alrighty, until next year. Take care.